You are listening to World Harvest Church's weekly podcast. WHC is a cross-cultural church with passion for reaching the lost and hurting. We are mission-minded and committed to raising up generations of mighty men and women of God. If you're in the Atlanta area, check us out on Sunday mornings at either 9 or 11.15 a.m. or on Wednesday evenings at 7 p.m. From wherever you're listening, we hope this week's message empowers you to grow and go. So here's my heart. My heart as a pastor is see people grow up quick. You must grow up quick. Because the most dangerous place right now is to be an immature believer in the days we live in. I'm tired of singing the song. Another one bites the dust. I'm tired of it. I'm tired of singing it about ministers. Another one bit the dust. People, believers, bit the dust. They're out there in la-la land. They used to be in, on moving with God. You got to watch yourself in these last days. Amen? Amen? Well, let's go to Hebrews 6, the first three verses. I'm talking about, I want how uh, this verse, these three verses were here to protect you from losing what you got. That's what it is. And Paul's saying, now you got to grow up. You got to grow up, and these are the principles. I'm going to read the three verses. We'll pray, and we'll get to going. It said, therefore, leaving the discussion of the elementary principles of Christ, let us go on to perfection or to maturity. He said, let's, let's grow up and otherwise. Not laying again the foundation of repentance from dead works, of faith toward God, of the doctrine of baptisms, of laying on of hands, of resurrection of the dead, and of eternal judgment. And this will we do if God permits. Father, make alive this word to us. Help us, Lord, to connect with the move of the Holy Spirit and the word and to grow, to be pillars in the house of God, that we may be used of the Lord in a mighty way in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. And so we have to keep your spirit man fed the word and stay on track with God. But God's plan is for you to keep growing. Everybody say keep growing. Keep growing. We don't have time for slow growth. The days of 80 years that Moses had to grow, we don't have that amount of time. Yeah. Yeah. We need supernatural things to happen. Supernatural maturing. That's why... You know, when I see Marcus and Clara, it's supernatural. What you guys have done in such a short time, it's supernatural. Now, give me a hand. You know, when I see Daniel DeToy, he's 23. And ministers get jealous and talk against him. That's his biggest cross he bears. He's too young, doing too much, too fast. So they can't handle it. Do you know what? I don't... I don't mind at all. You know what? Because we need it in these last days. May everyone become a Dan DeToy. May everyone get out there. I mean, we're not trying to, you know, don't hold people back. These are end times require end time things. And Jim Woodford, you don't want to miss him because Jesus talked about it. And what I said right there, he talks about it. He said, I don't have the time. It's so short. 
So everyone's getting a free shirt when they leave here today to keep you on track. It says, get to get. It's very good. Okay, let's just quick review. We talked about repentance and what repentance means. Repentance is not emotional crying. Repentance and metanuous, meta change, newest mind. It's a change of mind. You make up your mind. I'm not doing the foolishness of the world. I'm going to shift. That's what repentance is. And true repentance changes your behavior. If your behavior never changes, then you've not truly repented. All you are is sorry. Not your person sorry. I said all you are is that you're feeling sorry that you're doing it. But there's, and there's a big difference. Judas, the Bible said in the King James, had, had repented. He repented for what he did in turning Jesus in. He threw the 30 silver coins at the feet of the Sadducees. Because now they were sad, you see. Because they, they literally threw them at, and he said, he repented. But that word means remorse. He was sorrowful, but there was no change of mind. And then he went out and hung himself. And, and Peter talks about it even more graphically. Because I imagine Peter was upset with him. I'm sure he forgave him. But Peter said, he hung himself. And he fell to the ground. And his guts burst open. It was a bloody mess. But I didn't write it. The man did. Then he says, faith towards God. Faith only your faith has got to rest completely on what Jesus has done and nothing else. Nothing else. You've got to get this. Otherwise, you'll get religious cults. will get ahead of, uh, a hold of you. You've got to do this or you've got to do that. And, you know, we've got to be so careful. People come up with the ten things of the five ways to get victory. And people get all these things they've got to do before they even go out the door. Well, I got to put my armor on. So they spend the first 10, 15 minutes. I put the armor of salvation on. I put the breastplate of righteousness. I put on the shoes, the gospel preparation of peace. I put on the loins good about with truth. I take the sword of the spirit, which is the word of God. And I take the breastplate of righteousness. And I take the shield of faith. He's ready to go in yet? Nope. He's got more. He's got to plead the blood of Jesus. I plead the blood of Jesus on my wife and my life and on my children and I put the blood of Jesus on this. Is he done yet? No, there's more. I claim the favor of God. Well, now it's about, he's gone through about a 45 minutes of this, but he can't go out the door because he's got to go, if you're not careful, you can make rituals out of everything. And we've got to be so careful that we flow with God. Your, your faith is built on what Jesus did. Period. Now let me just say how much this... When I was fighting cancer, next year will be 30 years. Oh! To God be the glory. And I had to get up here, and literally, I hadn't prayed enough. I had not fasted. I had not studied. But I had my faith saying, I'm getting behind the pulpit. And God, you're going to do the rest. And so help me, God. God would give me revelation as I stood here. He'd give me strength. He'd quicken me for the time I was here. And let me tell you what it was. God spoke to me. He said, listen, you, you, it's, when you get behind here, never have faith on how much you fasted. Never have faith in how much you prayed. Never have faith, although it can make a difference. But don't put your faith there. Put your faith only on me. 
then I'm your provider and I'm your equipper and I will give you the ability. Put it on me. Just me. Forget you. It's just him. Because let me say this to you. When it's only him, then whatever you do that has some success, because it's him, you just give him all the glory. But if you think it's you, hey, what about that? No, forget about that. It's Jesus. Faith, faith in God. It's wholly based on Jesus Christ. Then there's another one. It says that we have the doctrines of baptism. Baptism is plural. When you are saved, you're baptized in the body of Christ. The next two baptisms are optional. But if you don't take them, you're going to be messed up. One is the baptism of water, which God says you're required to do. It's, well, I don't want to do it. Well, then you don't have much obedience in you. And the other one is the baptism of the Holy Spirit. That's another one. People with their pet doctrines fight the baptism of the Holy Spirit. The baptism of the Holy Spirit is, is, I don't have time to get into it right now. It's where Jesus fills you with the Holy Ghost and gives you a language you never learned. He, God speaks through you. And if you want a life of power and a life of the love of God, it's a requirement. If you want to live a life of obedience, it's a requirement that you get water baptized. So these are like foundational. If you've not got the baptism of the Holy Spirit and speaking of the tongues, you're walking around with one leg. You, you, will, you, will, you will not have the power. You will not have the power. And the stupidest preachers are the ones that keep the Holy Ghost away from the people and apologize for the people that they even is this baptism of the Holy Spirit with speaking in other tongues. Tongues means language. I speak in a, in a language I never learned that God gives me supernaturally. You want to hear it? That's my own personal tongue. It's God praying through me, for me. What happens? I build up my most holy faith, Jude 20, praying in the Holy Ghost. I mean, it just... It's like, how much power do you want? Some people just operate like on a 12-volt battery. (laughs) (laughs) I, I, I happen to like, I try to get the most horsepower I can within reason. I'm, I'm serious. That's just me. To me, it's a safety factor. If you don't have 350, 400 horsepower, you're underpowered. Because all of a sudden, I've got an idiot coming. I've got to get out of the way. I'm right out there. Amen? Baptism of the Holy Spirit. Don't leave home without him. And, and don't quit praying in the Holy Ghost. We're going to have some long prayer meetings coming up. I feel it. Some long prayer meetings. They'll say, well, I'd rather watch TV and eat Doritos. <laughs> TV and Doritos. Well, your power will not be that strong. And then we talked about the laying of hands. What for? God says these two white things at the end of your arm are for impartation of what? Gifts, power, anointing, blessing, healing. These two white things. Impartation. These are basic doctrines. 
You know what? If you're smart, you lay hands on yourself. I anoint myself in the name of Jesus today. No, really. I lay hands on myself in Jesus' name. Like, okay, like what's hurting? Is this hurting? Okay, I, I lay my hands in Jesus' name. Hey, I'll do it for myself. In Jesus' name. Uh, you can cast the devil out this way, devil in that person. I know you're in there. I just know I, I'm not pointing at you, but just an example. Listen, <laughs> I'll point there. It's just, I know you're in there. I just don't know how many. But you put your hand on someone. In the name of Jesus, I command you, come out of them in Jesus' name. I command you, come out of them in Jesus' name. That annoying is just... Because they feel there's an impartation of fire coming into them. And people have devils. They're not chemically imbalanced. All right, moving on. And then it says here, of the resurrection of the dead... Uh, what's a strange one? We all know there's resurrection. Why, why, why would there be a foundational doctrine? Well, let's drill down in it, shall we? Resurrection. Resurrection. The resurrection of the dead, it means that those who died will get not just raised up, but they get a body with it, a new body. When Jesus is the first fruits of all those who have died, meaning that Jesus died as a human being and yet all God, but he rose again with a brand new body that is super cool. And we get to have a body like his. I can't wait for my new body. Because number one, you can move quickly through space. At the speed of thought. Jesus, John 20, walked through the wall. That's what scared him. He kept saying, peace, peace, because <laughs> they're eating. Jesus walks through the wall. <laughs> Philip, uh, I mean, Peter got a piece of fish stuck in his throat. <laughs> Just, it happened so rapidly. He's always going, peace, peace. And yet he could eat. Bread and fish so he can eat. And he can just disappear. So I figure with heaven, you can walk down the street. <laughs> but with his new body, he levitated straight up in the air. We won't need drones. We'll be the drone. <laughs> What's heaven look like from up here? Looks really cool. How many, listen, be honest, don't be so religious, <laughs> that you had a dream that you were flying? Yes. Are yes. oh, those the coolest? Yes. Man, shh. I mean, I just, I said, this is real easy. I could just jump off. I go, man, I'm flying. And then I have to wake up. But you know, inside you, you are made to fly. People look at birds and go, I like to do that. We're going to do that one day. This is exciting to you. This is what resurrect. See, we talk about the resurrection because 
We do have a future with the resurrection. We do have a hope, and it's a real thing. It's a real thing. And think about this body, this new one. It'll never be sick. They don't have a medicine cabinet in heaven. Uh, I need Advil. You got Advil here? You, you, there is no medicine. So that means there's no doctors. Think about this. All the doctors are out of business. There is no athletic training because you're buff. Permanently buff. And then, so there's no more pain. Think about this. You're never, oh, my, my back, it's Arthur Ritus again. <laughs> It's gone, isn't it? Now listen, and we have it to here. You can have it here, but over there, it's guaranteed for everybody. Everyone's the perfect weight. There's no scales in heaven. Have I been eating too much manna lately? No. <laughs> and so, but the Bible says out of 1 Corinthians 15, 26, the last enemy to be destroyed is death. That's an enemy. And the Bible says out of Hebrews 2.14 that the whole earth lives in fear of bondage or the bondage of fear because they're going to, they may never talk about it, but you're going to die. People like to push it off. They don't want to hear about death. But the Bible says in 1 Corinthians 15.55, oh death, where is your sting? Oh grave. You know, you lose. I mean, death has been... And so, listen to me. Therefore, let me... If You got to get this down in here. Because of resurrection, you have no fear of death. Amen. No fear of death. That has to be there. Especially these last days where Christians are becoming a target. In the wokeness that we are finding out there. But you can't be afraid of dying. You have to, because you know that you know. No, I'm, shoot me, I'll resurrect. Amen? Amen? <laughs> it, I don't care. I'm resurrecting. I'm resurrecting. You can't take me out. It doesn't matter. But this thing about why he said this power of the resurrection is important because he was talking to Christians of the early day where they were fed to lions, where they were burned, they were killed. And you can't go around, oh, oh my goodness, no fear of death. When you have that, you go on mission trips. Everybody wants to go with me. I'm taking a mission trip in July to Ukraine. And we will go to some places that may be not the safest. But we go led by the Holy Ghost. If you'd like to go with me, fine. If not, keep reading about resurrection. <laughs> but you can't have the Christians in these last days, you cannot fear death. You cannot fear death. You got that? If you always have to wonder, well, uh, I have to survive. And I know no one wants to run into death on purpose, but it's the deal that you don't fear death. That's the key. Because you understand the power of the resurrection. Resurrection, the word means anastasis, which means to stand up again. 
to rise up. Or a rising up, a raising up. A resurrection. You know, we look at resurrection being physical, but Jesus, out of John 11, said, I'm the resurrection and the life. There are things that hit us in life. Death of a loved one. Financial calamity. Uh, your body gets attacked. You know, the devil throws different kind of deaths around. Does that make sense? I have been there. I have been bottomed out financially. I have been bottomed out health-wise. But you know what? There's a resurrection. You can be knocked down, but Jesus will resurrect you. Listen to me. Get this in you. Jesus can resurrect your life. He, I don't care what's gone on. There's resurrection for you. It's not just for the physical. That, it's that stand-up power that's in the resurrection. You can stand up again and live a life that's righteous before God. You can stand up and regain your financial blessings. God did that for me. My debts were paid. I'm a blessed man. He resurrected me. He resurrected me physically. No, here's the resurrection and the life. Even though you die, he said, you live again. I don't care how bad it is in your life, you can live again. Never let go that God can bring healing back to you. Never let well, you know, I'm getting old now. Parts are failing. Well, why don't you say, you know what? I don't really care. I'm going to ask God for spare parts. I'm going to really ask for it. God, would you give me a new brain? I need a read. I, I don't want a retread. I have something new. Just give me a young mind again. Make me young again. Hallelujah. And so, um, Jesus would get you back up. Amen. And I talked about Jesus being our first fruits. But there's so many resurrections. Like this, there's like at least three resurrections in the Old Testament. First one, Elijah 17. He's of the widow woman, a Zarephath. Widow woman, not widow woman. W I D O. W I D O W. Her son died. Elijah goes there, lays on him three times and God supernaturally he called unto God and God raised him up Elisha 2nd Kings 4 raised up the little lad that the Shunammite woman had and gave him back Elisha when he was buried in the tomb of his own tomb the Israelites were seeing raiders and they had someone who died on their hands they didn't know what to do so they threw him in Elisha's grave and the moment he touched Elisha's bones, he resurrected. I mean, God's into resurrection. And then we look at the, at the life of Jesus. In Luke 7, the widow of Nain, Nain, I've seen Nain, N-A-I-N. It's right below Nazareth. Nazareth sits on a hill, way like a mountain. You look right down there, it's Nain. And Jesus was there, and they brought, this woman came along, her only child, her son, had died. And back in those days, your children were your social security. 
Jesus stops the whole procession, tells the young man to arise, he gets up. Place goes nuts. Jairus, his daughter died. And, and they said, listen, your daughter's dead. Don't bother the master. Jesus said, only, don't, don't doubt, only believe. And Jesus raised the little boy up. And then the little uh, uh, girl up. And then you think about Lazarus himself died. Jesus raised him up from the dead. He called him. He said, Lazarus, come out. And he come out of that grave, bouncing in his bandages. Glory be to God. But you look at the book of Acts. Acts chapter uh, 9. And we've got Peter at Joppa. Remember that woman named Dorcas? She was a servant of God, but she died. And Peter went there and raised her up. We have so many examples. And how about, uh, we have Paul himself in Lystra in Acts 14. They stoned him. They left him for dead. I can imagine how this was. There's Paul under a pile of rocks. He's dead. And they're weeping. You know, the disciples, he was such a good man. He was such a good teacher. And all of a sudden, a rock rattles. And his hand pushes up a rock. Can you imagine? And he starts standing at all these rocks. And he, I love him because he dusts himself off. I'm sure he's got blood all over him. And he marches straight back into the city. Can you imagine those guys that just threw rocks at him? And then, remember this in Acts 20, Eutychus, a young man, they're on the third floor, taping this meeting all night long, and he's rocking, and he falls out a third floor window and ends up on the ground dead. But Paul goes, gets on him, and raises him up from the dead. So there's resurrections. But then we get Jesus. When Jesus was on the cross in Matthew 27, it said, when he gave up the ghost, it said, many graves opened up all over Jerusalem. And the dead were raised and started walking around the city. Here's Aunt Matilda. I thought you were dead. Isn't this exciting to me? Yeah, but to you? I mean, I mean, like, whoa. Yeah, it's exciting to me, but it's, it should be more to you. But let's go to, let's go to 1 Corinthians 15, 3 and 4. Now watch this. It says here, um, For I delivered to you, first of all, that which is also, I also received that Christ died for us since according to the scriptures, and that was buried, and he rose again the third day according to the scriptures, and that he was seen by Cephas, and then by the twelve. And after that he was seen by over 500 brethren at once, of whom the greater part remained to present, but some fallen asleep. And after that he was seen by James, and then by all the apostles, and then... Last of all, he's seen by me. as one born out, out of due time. Can I say this? That the foundation of the, of the Gospels is that Jesus died, was buried, but he rose again. That's the foundation stone of our whole good news. That Jesus lives again, and he lives again for me. And so, there are three kinds of resurrections in the New Testament. Three. Number one. There's a resurrection of the righteous or the saved. When I say resurrection, I mean those who died before their spirits in heaven. But they have to pick up a body. 
in the last day, when, on, on the day of the rapture, and by the way, we are a church that believes in the rapture. Amen. I know people, we don't believe in the rapture. Again, I want to use your brain. It's called logic. I don't believe in the rapture. Well, I do. Why? Well, I'll just humbly submit one thing. If you're going to be a tribber, I'm going through tribulation. One thing about tribbing, <laughs> you have the whole calendar laid out for you, what's going to be happening. Everything is laid out. You know exactly where mid-trib is, because the Antichrist sets himself up as God in Jerusalem. And then... You have two men that come out of nowhere that God sends to, to Jerusalem. And while the Antichrist is broadcasting on major networks that I'm God, you got two men every day. No, you're not. Irritate the fire out of them. No, you're not. I am God. Uh, no, you're not. Kill them. The Bible says God gave them supernatural powers. Move over, Avengers. Here come these two mighty men of God. He said they can look at anybody and breathe fire and destroy them. They can call down lightning. They can call down hail. They can call down rain. Everything works at the voice. They're untouchable and unstoppable for three and a half years. That's, now think about this. This is the devil's biggest shot. I'm raining the earth. Just two. No, no, army. No, you're not. Can you imagine the frustration of the devils? He can't kill them. But if, but if you're a tripper, by the way, if you are in the tribulation, find yourself some asbestos underwear. You'll need it. It's very hot. A lot of stuff goes on in the tribulation. So you know... You have three and a half years. Now, the last three and a half days, they finally kill those two witnesses. But three and a half days, every camera's on there. I won't mention the news networks <laughs> that don't believe in God. All of a sudden, they come alive again and then take off to the sky. Now, get this. Think about the timing. Camera's on them. Take two meteors. Then, wait a minute. Wait a minute. What's this? Jesus on a white stallion. They're getting a little closer now. So, the, the end of tribulation is all laid out. There's no mystery. He'll say, no, he's coming at the end. It's just one coming at the end. But there's no mystery. There's no mystery. So how do you work the scriptures where Jesus says the coming of the Son of Man will be like lightning across the sky? He said, two will be working at the mill. One will be taken, others left behind. 
two men in the field. One's taken, one's left behind. It's instant. It's unknown. You don't know when. Because Jesus takes his bride, sucks it right out of the church, sucks it right out of the world. Well, what about the Christians in Revelation and the tribulation? Let me say something about, tribu- about the tribulation. If you're a backslider, you'll be there. Seriously. You're kind of like these willy-nilly, well, hey, 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 hey. You'll be there. Unsaved will be there. But more people find Christ in those seven years than all the history of mankind put together. Wow. It's the greatest time of salvation. So Christians are becoming, people are becoming Christians everywhere. But they're dying for their faith. Because you don't think it's cool to be a Christian now? Wait till tribulation. And so there is a rapture. About 75, close to 85% of all the church fathers believed in the rapture. Only a small percentage, but didn't. So you got the weight of the fathers, the weight of history. And yet I know many of my dear friends, they were pre-tribbers, now they became post. But I use, God gave me a brain. He gave you one, he gave one too. But the rapture is a supernatural thing. But when's he coming? We don't know. Jesus said, I don't even know. Only the Father knows. I can't give you the date and time. But I can tell you this. When you see the fig leaves blossom coming in the spring, you know the time is near. When you've got a 15-year-old teenager boy in a high school in Canada being expelled from school and punished because he stood up against the transgender bathroom they were having because girls were coming to him and saying, we're afraid to go in there. And he got kicked out. That's called wokeism. And you got men becoming, quote, women to compete. Wokeism. I'm sorry. We Christians got to stand up. We need to say, that is not right, number one. It's against the Bible, number two. And number three, are you out of your living, ever living mind? I say, quit sniffing the glue. <laughs> but we Christians got to stand up. You might go to jail. In Canada, as a preacher, I'm not allowed to read Romans 1. They'll lock me up. Yep, you can't read Romans 1. Because Romans 1 is very blank and plain about homosexuality. In your face. And so, you know what you've got is, you've, you've, <laughs> that's what, <laughs> what you, let's get back. <laughs> All right, here we go. Let's go to John 5. Go to, go to, go to John 5. Let's, let's get back to the Bible. I, I got to wrap this up. Well, I thought I'd get through this real quick. I don't know what took me so long. Uh, 37, it says this. And the Father himself who sent me has testified of me. And you 
have neither heard his voice at any time nor seen his form. But you, do, but you do not have his word abiding in you. Because whom he sent, him you do not believe. You search the scriptures daily. For in them you think you have eternal life. And these are they that testify of me. When Jesus gives his word about his coming again, it's no joke. He really is coming again. And he's going to come to split the eastern sky. And it's going to be so sudden. It's going to take your breath away. I have a video I want to show next time I do this teaching. It's a church filled like this. And the man's teaching. And all of a sudden there's a thunderclap. Then 90% of the people are disappeared. And the other 10% are looking around. Where did everybody go? Then all of a sudden they realize the rapture just took place. But they're left behind. But people can come to Christ. You can repent. You can die a martyr, or you can, whatever you got to do. <laughs> but it, it's going to be the greatest time. First uh, Thessalonians chapter 4, it's verse 13. But I do not want you to be ignorant, brethren, concerning those who have fallen asleep, lest you sorrows others do not have no hope. Thank God we have hope because we have resurrection. For if we believe that Jesus died and rose again, even so God will bring with him those who sleep in Jesus. For this we say to you by the word of the Lord, that we who are alive and remain until the coming of the Lord will by no means precede those who are asleep, meaning those who have died. For the Lord himself will ascend from heaven with a shout and with the voice of an archangel and with the trumpet of God, and the dead in Christ will rise first. That is the resurrection from the dead of the righteous. Say resurrection of the righteous. Resurrection. That's the first resurrection in the New Testament. Is resurrection of the righteous. When they get resurrected, they'll be given a new body. And then we who are alive and remain shall be caught up together with them in the clouds to meet the Lord in the air. Can you imagine that trip? We're going to go, like if the Lord calls right now, we'll go right through that ceiling because our body's instantly made new. First Corinthians 15 says, in a moment, in the twinkling of an eye, we'll be instantly changed. It'll just be you, you can't, snapping your fingers too much time. Instantly, you've got a brand new body. I know some of you be doing this. Golly. <laughs> Go. They said the age in heaven is about 30. So your age goes, and for some of you who are younger, you'll be pushed forward. <laughs> but it's going to be awesome. I mean, you got to think about it. You know what he says to think about? Because it's the great hope. It's called the great hope. It's the great hope. He wants you to get excited about it. In the early church, Maranatha, Lord come quickly. It was all about him coming. They live for about his coming or them going. I, I, I like to think about it. Soon and very soon, we're going to all fly away. When life gets you down, you feel troubled. Think about where you're going. Hallelujah. Think about all your praying grandmothers gone on ahead of you praying for you. 
they'll be there. They'll be 30 years of age. You may have a hard time rec recognizing them. I'm your grandmother. <laughs> You're so good looking. <laughs> I was that way before I got 92. Uh, and then, uh, let's go to uh, Revelations 20 as I close. Revelations 20. Hallelujah. Come on. Revelation 20. I want to read um, 4 through 6. And I saw thrones, and they sat on them, and judgment was committed to them. Then I saw the souls of those who had been beheaded for their witness to Jesus and for the word of God, who had not worshipped the beast or his image, and had not received his mark on their forehead or on their hands. And they lived and reigned with Christ for a thousand years. So he's talking about, I saw those who were beheaded for Christ, meaning that these are people who died during the, the uh, seven years of, tribu of tribulation. They stood up for Jesus, it cost them their life. So there's a resurrection when the rapture comes, we get new bodies, and all those who die before is to get new bodies, that's the first resurrection. The second resurrection is right here at the end of the tribulation. They get new bodies. Has everybody got that? How about the second resurrection? They're still the righteous, but it's the ones who died in those seven years. But then they keep living, and they lived and reigned with Christ for a thousand years. That's the millennial reign. We'll all do that. Now get this. But the rest of the dead did not live again until the thousand years are finished. Who's the rest of the dead? The rest of the dead are the unrighteous. Where are they? They're in hell. He talks about a resurrection. Yeah, there is. There is a third resurrection. What's that? That God will resurrect every spirit that's incarcerated in hell. They'll be resurrected. They'll come back into bodily form. Won't be, they won't get to enjoy that too long. Watch what it says here. Uh, let's go to verse... Uh, 11, then I saw a great white throne, and him who sat on it, from whose face the earth and heaven fled away, and there was found no place for them. And I saw the dead, the dead in hell, small and great, standing before God. They were resurrected. And books were opened. Another book was opened, which is the book of life. And the dead were judged according to their works by the things which were written in the book. And the sea gave up the dead who were in it. And the death and Hades delivered up the dead who were in them. And they were judged, each according to his works. So we know there's a third resurrection. I'll talk about that next week. Three separate resurrections with the dead in Christ. But the Bible says those that are dead in Christ shall arise. That's out of 1 Thessalonians 4.18. And Paul talks about the moment of the, you know, and for, I don't have time to get into it, but in 1 Corinthians 15, he talks about the change in a, in a moment. And Philippians 3.20-21 20 talks about how that we're citizens of heaven that we'll be caught up with to be with God. And so 
we need to understand this, that the third resurrection, they're brought before the great throne of judgment, which is not our throne. That's for the unsaved. Because when you're born again, your sins have been already judged. But Jesus is coming soon. I believe this. We should have a compassion for those who don't know the Lord. Because if you don't know the Lord, one day you will stand before the great white throne of judgment. And the book will be written about what you did. It'll have your name. And you will be awarded in a negative way of what you, the evil you did on earth. Actually, hell is that way. I won't mention it here, but you can get the book. Mary Baxter went to hell for 21 days. God kept taking her there. Depending on the evil you did on earth, the different levels of torment and torture in hell. It's not the same torture. Hitler has a special compartment. So does Stalin. So does other people in Africa. We won't mention their names. Idi Amin has a place. I can go through. Let me tell you this. It's God judges. But think about this. We have a resurrection for us that gives us great hope. There's a resurrection for those who die. But there's a resurrection for those who don't know the Lord and they'll be judged. Think about this. We don't fully understand it. God says, I take him out of hell. I take hell. I take hell as an entity. The Bible says where hell is. It's in the center of the earth. God tells you exactly where it is. There are people below, below us right now. There are people in Roswell that were driving their nice car, their nice 401k, that all of a sudden they didn't wake up, and today they're in hell. Right now. Yeah. I know it's not popular to talk about. But the reason why I want to talk about it is they want to scare the hell out of you. I just, <laughs> that you literally say, I don't want to go to hell. It's real. Yes, it's real. If you don't talk about it, there's no fear of hell. Well, the Lord understands. Yeah, the Lord understands you don't know how to read. Pay attention. This book is no joke. And so out of compassion, I guess this one will say, he's coming soon. The day is short. Understand, he wants you without fear because you have a resurrection coming. Everyone that's a believer has a resurrection. You should get excited about it, that you're going to be changed in a moment, a trickling of an eye, and you'll be caught together to be with him. But for those who don't know him, I'm telling you, this is no time to live for nonsense. It's a time to live with purpose, with focus, with fire, and bring as many people to God. I told a young man at the ramp, he's talking about, he says, oh, the anointing, the power of God. I said, young man, let me, let me, let me explain something. I've been at this for a while. I've seen people circle the wagon and just want to get the anointing, get the anointing, get the anointing, and I watch it die. Because it's not for, just for you. He touches you to touch the world. If you just sit there and just say, I'm blessed, I'm blessed, I'm going to have some more meetings, you can start getting weird. I've, I've been in these meetings where they prophesy, they prophesy one, one another. I see the Lord, this, that, that, Lord, the yay, yay, yay. I'd rather go dig in the bottom of a Cracker Jack box and pull out a prize and see what they got. I mean, I mean, they're just ridiculous. We're not, you know, but I want the prophetic. We need the prophetic. Loose the prophetic. It's real. But I'm saying this, we need to be all about winning souls. We need to be all about taking the fire that God gives us and go reach the harvest. And I told the young man, I said, you know what? 
need to go. You'd be willing to ask God, God, where, sh- where should I go? Where should I go? When I was in ministry, when, when, when I was in, in business, I told God, my parents were missionaries. I grew up overseas. I know Africa. That was about my, I said, I've got to go there. A lot of Africans don't know God. I'll just go to Africa. My wife was all set to go to Guatemala as a nurse. We met. We were fully going to go full-time missionary. We, 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 we were four years as associates, but my heart was, I'm going to be a missionary. You know why? Because the need is so great out there. Yeah. And the Lord spoke to me about pastoring this church. And it's for a season. If he tells me, leave, later, Gator, I'm gone. I'm going to go join Marcus and Clara. The last time we saw them, they were in the jungles of Congo holding revivals. But let me say this. He said, raise a church whose focus is missions and evangelism. Raise up a church. Its heart is for the harvest. So everything we do here, even in the moves of God, even in maturing you, is to reach to a place reach the harvest. Therefore, the mission of this church is to train and inspire a loving family of believers to effectively share their faith with non-believers in in creative and compassionate ways and to raise up leaders, that's you, to carry the message of the local church like our DNA to the nations of the world. That's what we're about. That's what we live for. That's what I live for. That's what I, it it, it just, inside me is a go. 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 And you catch it in here. If, if, if you don't want to catch it, find another church. Because they should have a sign on the front door. On a warning. Coming into this church can alter the goals of your life and change your lifestyle forever. <laughs> warning. Because when God gets a hold of you, he will do something on the inside that you never expected. So these are the greatest days for the church. I truly believe we'll be raptured. I also know more pressure may come. But I prophesied it many times. There'll come a day when we'll have service every day. Prayer every day. To sustain us to go through what we're going through. Amen? Amen. Everybody say the resurrection. resurrection. It's a foundation of the, it's foundation for the believer. And I'll show you next week how it protects you. It protects you from getting sucked into the things of this earth. Let's pray. Father, I thank you. Thank you once again for listening to World Harvest Church's podcast. World Harvest Church is pastored by Pastor Merrick and Linda Houghton in Roswell, Georgia. If you're interested in learning more about us, please visit our website at whcga.com. Like our Facebook page and subscribe to our YouTube channel by typing WHCGA into the search bar on both platforms. And we hope you have a blessed week.